Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Let's welcome to the show to talk a little more politics of a variety of flavors. David Drucker, he's the senior political correspondent of the Washington Examiner and a longtime guest on the program. David, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? What do you think of that, that the majority of voters now say, eh, character, health, whatever. I just want to have, you know, an extra number on my side. It's true. I mean, politics has really become a shirts and skins game. Um, You know, partisanship's always been a a big part of American politics, uh, especially with our two-party system. But, you know, over the past uh, 10 to 20 years, um, voters on both sides of the aisle have made a calculation that it doesn't matter what kind of person they send to Washington. Uh, And I say Washington in particular, there's much more nuance and much more, I think, a willingness to cross the aisle in in state and local races, um, but especially in congressional races and in presidential contests, it's simply about how will you vote, which side will you vote with. In fact, I don't even know if you'll do anything I like, but you say you're for my side, you'll support that majority. Uh, you hate the people I hate, and that's good enough for me and in fact that's the most important thing to me yeah you said the key phrase and i've seen polling on this that is what it's more about than anything else you hate the people i hate yeah um look if you're a uh, republican running for office you're a democrat running for office uh, i've seen this in particularly more acute ways on the republican side I think it's sometimes completely immaterial whether or not you're a reliable fiscal conservative, a reliable conservative on other issues. It just matters that you are willing to uh, mix it up with Democrats, mix it up with, you know, dopes like me and the media 
And if you can do that, I'm not even going to pay that close attention to how you're voting on particular legislation. Now, obviously, um, as a Republican or a Democrat, um, you have to toe the line or believe in certain things to survive in a primary, right? You have to oppose abortion rights if you're a Republican. You have to be for abortion rights if you're a Democrat. There are other you know, issues in there that are important, but all things being equal, as long as you're not uh, contradictory on the biggest issues, uh, gun rights is a huge issue on the Republican side, then we just want to see you throw punches at the people that I think are trying to kill me and destroy my life. And, you know, the language that is used now in politics where people uh, constantly believe the other side wants to, you know, pour gasoline on the country, light it on fire. And, and I guess we're, you know, move everybody to China or something. And this is, you know, this is the atmosphere that we're dealing with. I talk to voters all the time and, you know, they, they are they are insistent that the other side, uh, by the way, they're insistent that the other side plays dirty. They're regretful that their own side won't play as dirty as yep. the other side. I run into that all the they're time. Also, they're also insistent that the other side always wins and we always lose. Yep. And that yep. if we don't win this time, even though there's a regularly scheduled election coming two years from now and two years after that and two years after that, nope, this is it. It's either now or never. Or we're all going to end up subjugated by, you know, Xi or, you know, name your your authoritarian of the moment. Yeah, you're either going to have to answer to AOC or Trump, depending on who wins. (laughs) Uh, Well, to that point, and I want to get to one of your columns here in a second, but my favorite poll number of the day, this is from NBC News. Percentage of Americans who say the opposite party's agenda poses a threat that if not stopped will destroy America as we know it. Four out of five Democrats, yeah. four out of five Republicans say that. Four out of five! Yeah, and not only that, they think that the other side's doing it on purpose. They don't even think it's, you know, just, you know, dumb luck that the other side's ideas are no good. They think the other side is in a room conspiring to uh, ruin everything on purpose for the sole uh, purpose of. Uh, claiming power and subjugating them uh, as if we're all going to be serfs again. You know, it's funny because we listen to this every two years, and then every two years life goes on pretty much as normal. In other words, I get this, you know, I've still got the Constitution and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, and I can say what I want, do what I want, travel where I want, protest the government, and, you know, I mean, obviously the economy, um, you know, there's a business cycle. Sometimes some policies are good for the economy, some are bad. I'm not saying the government has no impact on things. But these are policy debates. Our, our general American way of life has basically continued. And, you know, if you look at it, the grand scheme of history, only gotten better for more people, you know. And yet people uh, are looking over their shoulder now, convinced that their neighbor wants to box them over, over the head with a baseball bat on purpose. And, you know, that's just kind of where we are. Yeah, I don't know how we move forward if if 80% of people think the other side is out to destroy the country. But anyway, I want to get to this because I think it's one of the most fascinating thing things that's happening in politics. Democrats have believed for a very long time that the growing Hispanic population could give them a permanent majority because clearly, as more Hispanic people come here, they're going to vote Democrat, and that, that's just a good thing. Well, that's turning out not to be the case in a number of places around the country. And according to you, Nevada has become ground zero for Republican efforts to court Latino voters. Tell us about that. 
Well, look, I mean, if you look at all of the polling this election cycle, Republicans um, could do very well with Hispanics or Latinos on the West Coast, uh, different terminologies um, on Election Day. Right. And and it could do well at historic levels. And they they might even sweep some House seats in the Rio Grande Valley uh, along the Mexican border in Texas, uh, districts that they haven't won uh, for eons. And what you're seeing is that a lot of the Republican Party's appeal with blue-collar voters is, is extending past the white working class into the Hispanic working class. I talked to uh, people in Nevada about this. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons this may be happening, if it happens, is that Hispanics, the majority of Hispanics will still vote for Democrats. They will still be a major part of the Democratic coalition. One of the reasons, though, lately they may be shedding these voters is not only are Republicans playing the identity politics game and just making a much stronger effort to court Latino voters, actually opening offices in their neighborhoods, uh, hiring you know people who speak fluent Spanish to appeal to Latino voters, uh, advertising heavily on Spanish language media. Uh, you know, but Democrats uh, at the moment a cultural agenda that is more left of center than it used to be. It is making some Hispanics uncomfortable sure. with the coalition that part of the same way that we saw suburban Republicans uncomfortable with the Republican coalition during Trump's presidency and move toward the Democrats. So these, you know, these things happen and can happen over time. Uh, interestingly enough, as much as Republicans tout the gains that they think they're going to make with Hispanics, they also constantly talk about the idea that Democrats opened up the southern border because they want more voters. So on the one hand, they brag about the support they're gaining with Hispanics. On the other hand, they keep insisting that Hispanics are more likely to vote for Democrats. It's an interesting contradiction. I don't think, um, all kidding aside, uh, although I wasn't kidding, this is what's happening. Uh, But aside from that, I I don't know if Democrats have fully appreciated yet that if they believe it's in the interest of the coalition, uh, more to the left on some of these hot-button cultural issues, they're going to have to consider that not as many Hispanics. Uh, was such a big deal when I was a kid, but, you know, the way the, the way things change. But I don't know where this is going to lead our politics. It, it's always seemed weird to me that because I live in an area where there are a lot of Hispanic families lined up to go to church on, uh, you know, every Sunday. And, uh, um, you know, the Democratic Party is not exactly church-going friendly. So I've never understood how that fit together. Well, look, I mean, when, you know, voters of all stripes make decisions about where they feel most at home. I mean, there are plenty of uh, Republicans in the suburbs that have been a part of the GOP coalition. They're not a part of the coalition because they're uh, fixated on trying to uh, reduce abortions or because they embrace the Second Amendment the way other Republicans do in other um, parts of the country or in rural neighborhoods or exurban neighborhoods. But, you know, for reasons of, of, of taxes and regulations, how small businesses are treated by the government uh, for issues of foreign policy, they're a part of the Republican coalition. So it's, it's natural to find uh, voters in a coalition. They don't agree on a lot of things, but they agree on the things that matter to them. And, and um, so that, that's where they, they are. But when things change too much, it can cause, you know, in, on particular issues, it can cause them to reconsider. Hey, I got to ask you this before we let you go. I, I asked your colleague Sarah Westwood about it, and I'm wondering what your take is. 
she seemed to feel like the zeitgeist in D.C. was that Joe Biden will will at some point give a speech where he says he's stepping aside for the next generation or something like that. Will not finish out his first term. What do you think? Will not finish out his first term? No, 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 no. He's finishing. Well, not. I'm sorry. Not run. Not run again. Um, He'll finish his term, but not run again. So I don't have reporting to give you. What I can tell you is that the man wanted to be president for 50 years. And you don't just walk away from that. I think he wants to run again. I think that he intends to run again. I'm just not convinced he's actually going to run again when they have to sit down and game out a reelection campaign where he's going to have to be much more uh, aggressively public and on the road because there will not be uh, knock on what a raging pandemic that you know forces everybody to be inside. Right. Does he, he turn to come? Does he turn to Kamala, or does he uh, say we should open it up to all comers? It really doesn't matter what he does because all comers are going to come after it. Uh-huh. You know, Vice President Harris has not established herself as a political figure with a base of power or support within the party that is sufficient to keep other ambitious Democrats out of an open seat race. I know you don't have reporting on it, but do you think that's the most likely scenario just based on your reading of the, the tea leaves? I just think it's a toss-up. You know, some days, honestly, I just, I'm convinced he's going to run. Uh-huh. And other days, I think to myself, when you're 82, headed toward 86, if you could finish wow. the second term, the, you know, the presidency ages everybody, right? You go into the presidency in your mid-40s or mid-50s, and if you're not gray yet, you come out gray. Most of the reason two-term presidents are happy to be done with everything. In fact, one-term presidents usually, because as much as you want the job, as ambitious as you are, it's so taxing that once you're done, you're just done. And so, you know, that's, I think, what Joe Biden and his family... I, mean, well, I unfortunately, have I have unfortunately think about a second term. I have to unfortunately have to let you go. I appreciate you answering that question because I know reporters don't like to speculate. But David Drucker, we'll have you on again soon. It's going to be a spicy couple of years, no doubt about that. <laughs> 